Going into this series, I think a lot of people were confident that uh, most likely the Bucks, possibly the Raptors, had a chance against the Warriors. I think that's squashed. We'll we'll talk about those games next, but I I don't think there's any way that the, I the Bucks can win I at this point. Let's move on. Let's talk about those Bucks <laughs> and Raptors. All right, let's do it. Um, series is two one right now in favor of Milwaukee. They Milwaukee played terribly in Game Three and still almost won in double overtime. Uh, Raptors got away with a double dribble by Kawhi late in that game to help seal the victory. Not taking anything away from Kawhi, but that definitely helped. The Bucs are going to win tonight, and they're going to finish the series off in five. That's what's going to happen because they are an, they are a juggernaut. This is going to be the most complete team the Warriors have seen in an NBA Finals. So welcome into the show. Views from the sideline, May 28th. 2019, what you just heard, I don't know. They reincarnated my voice onto some audio. Just that's I'm not. I don't recall saying those words. I don't know what's going on. But oh, hey guys. Oh, Joey, Malik. Hey, welcome to the show, what's up, man. It's way too hard to edit audio like that. So uh, those were your words. Your Are we words. sure about that? For sure. Can we confirm? And oh, I remember. And I'll make sure to line up <laughs> we the video there. when uh, oh, you we throw this up. Oh, you don't have to. So everybody will have seen the actual video evidence with the audio evidence. So yeah. So about those bucks. About them. Knocked out of the playoffs in six games. Raptors with the slight reverse sweep. Yeah, Chris. What 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 happened? What are your thoughts, I need Chris? You to, I need you to go into. You need Since to become Mike Budenholzer right now. This was now. the year of the Budenholzer Bucks. Tell me what he thought after that loss in Toronto. What he did wrong. What 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 happened? What happened? Kawhi happened. The Raptors happened. I Drake happened. This Drake <laughs> he reversed. Drake no, let's happened. be real here. He reversed the curse. What happened after he wore the wore the Philadelphia 76ers shorts to reverse the curse? They won. Game, was it game six or game Was it game seven? It was game seven. And they reversed the curse. They're in the NBA finals. But real, just get all that out of the way. The Bucks failed to live up to the moment. The Raptors have lived in these moments over the past six years. They've been in the playoffs with the Kyle Lowry-led Raptors. They've been to the conference finals multiple times. They've been to the conference semis multiple times, losing to the eventual champions and the Cavaliers experience bit the bucks in the butt. I think Giannis kind of shrunk a little bit at the moment. So did other role players like Eric Bledsoe had a terrible series. He said he's played terrible throughout the playoffs ever since he just destroyed the Pistons in round one where he could not miss a three. Well, it's not very hard. Anyway, going on. I don't, I don't like the, the shade thrown. Um, but I think it was experience that really did them in. 
plus the factor of going into Toronto for Game 6. After they lost Game 5, it was going to be extremely difficult for them to win that series. Toronto is a different type of atmosphere when it comes to basketball. They're, they have a soccer team following for an NBA team, which is very – it's not normal for the NBA. One of the coolest fan bases, as, as much as I slightly dislike Toronto because they kind of have a, a bit of a rivalry with the Pistons – uh, their fan base is one of the coolest fan bases out there. I think we're gonna, in the finals, we're going to have two of the best fan bases in the NBA. I agree. That was something I was going to bring up, too. Yeah, because I totally agree. Don't get me wrong. There's bandwagon fans because it's the Warriors. They've it comes with final. championships. It comes, it comes with championships. But the root fans. The people that show up to those games. The We Believe Warrior fans yeah. who stuck through all that. The Warriors were not good for a very long time. But they always had great crowds. Of fans that supported them. So to have the Warrior crowd go up against this Toronto crowd that's going to be insane. I, I'm very excited to see how Game 3 turns out uh, with the fan turnout for that one. But Bucks raptors yep, yeah, I think the Bucks just shrunk in the moment. Raptors had more experience. They have an NBA Finals MVP and NBA champion, Kyle Lowry, who's been in these moments. He's been trying to get Toronto to the Finals for six years now. Seven years now. So I, in my opinion, it was experience, and it was Toronto found a way to not exploit or not expose Giannis, but exploit it. Because you know what Giannis Antetokounmpo is. He's, one of the, he's the best paint scorer in the NBA. But how do you stop that? That's what the Raptors figured out, and it kind of helps having Kawhi Leonard, one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Uh, what did you guys see from the series, though? I think there are three main people that deserve credit for what the Raptors have done. I'll give an honorable mention to Kyle Lowry because he played his butt off in this series. Defensively, he hit shots when he needed to. He put his heart into getting Toronto here, and he I'm I'm happy for him. The fact that he can get to the finals with Oh, the it was so great to see. Yeah. You saw the the happiness, post, yeah, the, the happiness po- on his face, him embracing his kids. As soon as the buzzer sound, he embraces his kid, he gets the it's, it kind of looks surreal to have an Eastern Conference champion hat that doesn't have the Cleveland emblem on it. Exactly. Since that's all we've had over the last four yeah. years. But I, I think the first person is, is the first person is Nick Nurse, because nobody thought Dwayne Casey would be fired going into this season. But changes need, needed to be made. Well, and he pr- and he proved they made the right call. Exactly, Nick Nurse. He is the coach of the Toronto Raptors. They trust him. They listen to him. And he's that guy. Second is Kawhi Leonard because he's he's shown everybody in these playoffs that he's he's nothing. You you have to pay attention to him. He can't be overlooked. He is a top five player in this league. Oh, Kawhi's Maybe top two. Maybe top three. Yeah, he's, top two. He's unbelievable when he's in his zone. Even when he's not in his zone, he locks up on defense and does what needs to be done to win the game. Him getting 17. He had 19-4-2, I believe, in that second half of that game. He got that rebound in the end to finally push that lead off to pretty much end the game. He's he's played like a legend in these playoffs. And then last, I don't think people are talking about this enough, Masai Ujiri and his decisions going into this season. He traded DeMar DeRozan, the most loved. Besides Vince Carter, he's the most loved player in that franchise's history. You trade away your best player, your most favorite player, and you fire the coach of the year. And midseason... He trades Jonas Valanciunas to get Mark to Gasol. Get Mark Gasol. Exactly. You make all these moves, these these controversial moves, 
and they all end up working is it shows that an, an organization that isn't afraid to make changes to take a next step and it's 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 really beautiful to see the decisions he made how he was willing to what he was willing to do to get them to this point they they deserve it they really do i think uh somebody that most people are overlooking i've heard a couple of people talk about it fred van vliet's son what oh fred van vliet's son he's the young son hero uh after fred van vliet's son was born he went on a tear I think he averaged. I didn't know his son was born before that. He was born in what? It was game four. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and the the final three games of the series, he missed like three threes in the last two games. I think it was. It must have been game three because they said the final three games of the series. I believe it was. He scored eighteen points. He averaged, or he averaged eight eighteen points. He was eighty yeah. percent from the three point line. He was like fourteen <laughs> of seventeen or something. Yeah, insane. Uh, and that's kind of what. The Raptors were lacking in the first couple games was their bench scoring, which is what they were known for last year, is having all those uh, secondary guards and stuff that would step up at times. And they hadn't really shown up a whole lot in this playoffs. And all of a sudden, everybody started going. Like we said, Kyle Lowry started playing good. Um, So it was just like a collective effort. It was fun to watch. It was cool to see. Kawhi Leonard just keeps getting better and better, and I think he's, he's proving a lot of people wrong. He's making the Spurs actually look bad for once, which is crazy to say. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm still surprised that like they made it look that easy towards the end, at least. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, well, I'm going back on eating my own words at the beginning of the show, but neither of you picked Toronto to right. Win no, series. no. I don't get me wrong. I was very defiant. I was very locked in on my viewpoint, but it was all collective view. We did not think right. the Raptors. We, we all we me and Malik picked uh, the Bucks in game in six. You picked them in five, and then at the end of the show last week, because I mean partially to entertain Chris, we talked about the Bucks Warriors matchup. Now we all kind of look bad for that. Yeah. So yeah, we, did. we did. But now we can talk about the Warriors Raptors matchup, so we can talk more matchups. So I'm in. Yeah. I want to break down five, games five and six before we move on to. Uh, previewing the NBA Finals. Because that's, I mean, the series turned. The series turned game four when Toronto had that blowout win on the road. But, or at home. Yeah, it was at home. Yeah, it was at home. But game five on the road. That was the turning point in the series. Kawhi had 35, 7, and 9. They were down 15, I believe it was in the first half. And they came back, fought back, and got the win. I... I did not see that one coming. Once they won that game, I was like, okay, there's something serious here. What did you guys see from Kawhi in game five? Was that more of that championship pedigree that he's been there before, he's done it before, so it was just kind of second nature to him, or is he just that type of player that can produce when called upon? Uh, I, I, he definitely is that type of player. You see, when he's, a, he's emotionless, he doesn't react to much. If you give him the ball... And tell him to score. He's gonna do it. If you tell him to lock up on the best on the other best player, he's going to do it. There's yeah. There's not much effort. He just he does it naturally. I honestly think those last two games goes to it goes to the defensive effort of Kawhi Leonard and that defense as a whole because they're them having the ability to put Kawhi Leonard. Well, really, they put Pascal on him sometimes. Sometimes Kawhi was on him. Whoever was on him. 
they were able to most for the most part follow Giannis to the paint and then when when the paint crashed he would have to look out for a shooter and sometimes there would be two or three people in the paint and people out covering shooters so it would be hard hard for him to make a play he'd turn it over or take a bad shot so the defensive strategy overall was just phenomenal in those last few games Joe you forgot the question it's okay Joe <laughs> no, it's okay I, it happens I just think I don't know. Kawhi was just like on a mission this entire series, I think. And I think it's a little bit of both. Like he's been there before, but like Malik said, he's he's just emotionless. Like he doesn't really it doesn't seem like he cares per se of what the moment is that he's in. He's just going to come out and play his game night in and night out. And he's been super efficient with it. He's also he's also had the task of playing unlike himself because he's had to take such a high volume. Right, of shots. he's been more of an offensive but, yeah. player than he has in the past. But I think in their offense, it it works a little bit better because it's more just like open looks and things like that. But obviously, like he's the only one for that team that's been to a finals before. Everybody else this is going to be a totally Serge new. Has been to one, but yeah. okay, you're right. Serge yeah, yeah, was yeah. the only other one. Um, but for that, like. Everybody else, this is a new experience, so he has to be the leader. He has to step up in every moment. Um, whereas, like, on that Spurs team, yeah, he he won the finals MVP, but, like, he wasn't the only player on that team, let's not forget. But this time, it's it's totally different. Like, this is his team for sure, and I think he's taking that upon himself. And it helps that, you know, he's he doesn't crack under pressure. He's He's just cool, calm, and collected. One of, the, one of the most clutch players in the NBA currently, too. Um, are you surprised that the Bucks could not figure out a way being, I think they were the best defensive team in the NBA this year, or a top top three defensive team in the NBA, how they could not figure out a way to at least supplement Kawhi Leonard throughout the series? I mean, you have six games to kind of corral him and uh, make him less of a factor. Are you surprised that nothing came about? Because he averaged 30, 35 points per game in this series. Um, I'm not really surprised because although like I'm a I believe in like defense wins championships, at the same time, like ninety nine out of hundred times, better offense is gonna beat better defense. Just because like if you're hot, it doesn't matter. Like we've seen Steph Curry, like people will be up in his face and they just make shots. Kevin Durant does the same thing. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is just really efficient with where he goes and he gets the most open look that he can. Like he's really tactical about it. And, you know, when he's getting going, once you get your shot going, just a defense putting their hand in your face isn't going to really do a whole lot. And I think that that's kind of the, like the biggest thing. And I I don't know what the Bucks could have done defensively to really change that unless because they threw double teams at him and stuff. And once once you get going, like there's not much they can really do, and that I think that showed in this series. Malik, do you think there's anything? Yeah, I I just have to agree with everything he said. Honestly, <clears throat> I don't think the Bucks. I don't think any team, honestly, right now has a true strategy for stopping Kawhi because he can score in any way. He can he can bring the ball up court. He's a great facilitator. He doesn't have to take a high volume of shots. There's a lot of times where if he brings the ball up court or even if they come up and run a set for him, he'll get the ball, pass it, go around, and then the ball will just end up back in his hands. So it's 
I, I, I want to see what the Warriors are going to do against him. I want to see. Game seven. Uh, before we move on, Raptors won that one 100 to 94, but the Bucks came out very strong in that one. They were up 31 18 after the first quarter. They held a 15 point lead in that game as well. They were up for the majority of the contest. They had a lead from halfway through the first quarter up until the 10 minute mark of the fourth quarter. And then they collapsed. And the only thing that kept them together was Brooke Lopez. He had putbacks after putbacks, had a couple shot blocks. Brooke Lopez was this year's Zaza Pachulia when it came to signing a free. You remember when Zaza signed with the Warriors back in 2016, and everybody was like, "Oh, this is the big, this is a bigger signing than Kevin Durant because he just they got Zaza at such a cheap price." You don't remember that? I wouldn't compare Brooke Lopez to Zaza Pachulia. I think he brings a lot more to the table. I'm saying the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It. it at the time, Zaza Pachulia was, he was voted in as a starter at the All-Star game. Oh, that was a joke. That, that, exactly. It still happened. And that was, yeah. That it was, still happened, guys. But um, what went wrong in game six for the Bucks to just collapse? Was it Giannis shrinking, shrinking under the pressure? That's what I kind of got. I, th- I think it was well, their whole team kind of shrinking. Exactly. Like, none of them have been there before. Like, you brought up earlier, they experience again it's another new experience for them both of these teams are young and they they haven't been to the playoffs a ton necessarily i mean the raptors have have been there have been around but at the same time with this group they have never been there together um and the bucks are completely young they'll probably be a top talent in the east for a while most likely um but i i think you know losing game five was obviously a big blow and I think that's where they kind of like it. The Raptors turned the corner and the Bucks started feeling the pressure. And then I think Giannis felt the pressure a lot. And so I'm struggling game six. Yeah. All right. Is it fair now that Kawhi has cemented himself as the star that he is? I mean, he already was an NBA Finals MVP, but to take this team to the finals, that's a huge accomplishment and something you add to his resume as a player. It's something that hasn't been done, literally. Somebody taking the Raptors hasn't been done. Hasn't been done. Um, Is he the best player in the NBA? I think it's a fair question to start to ask. As of today, yes. Better than Kevin Durant? As of today, yes, because Kevin Durant's injured. If Kevin Durant was healthy. If Kevin Durant was healthy, I'd I'd have to take KD. Yeah. Well, As long as KD is playing. It's hard to say, though, because we haven't seen KD in a couple weeks. But I wonder if those those two are one-two right now. At the moment. I wonder. So, KD is supposed... It sounds like he's going to miss games one and two. He's out game one for sure. And he's... I think he's doubtful for game two. Right. And then he's going to travel to Toronto for games three a lot of people four. Are, a lot of people are saying the injury is probably a lot worse than any of us think. Yeah. Yeah. Some analysts are saying that. that his, there's a chance his injury is a lot worse than people no, don't, are saying. The Raptors have home court. They're, I don't. They're playing really in do. Toronto one yeah, and two. The, the do they really? Court. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I was so he would he just wouldn't travel to Toronto. He would stay in Golden State. So then when they came back home, that's that's the bigger that's the bigger story here in this series, is that a game seven would be in in Toronto. Toronto. Okay, that's changing things for me. Yeah, I was thinking this whole time because Golden State. I was gonna say I thought you said something about that uh, earlier that they would go game three to Toronto. No, they actually have home court. Wow. Like people kind of forget that Golden State totally falling asleep in the regular season a lot 
Yeah. Kid bit them in the back. They had some injuries too, though. Like they had some struggles at times, but yeah. They also got blown out at full strength a lot, which was weird. So yeah, it's it's most likely that Durant will not travel to Toronto for these first two games. Um I hope him so I, don't and, know. I hope him and Boogie don't dress up. I hope they never show up. I want to see this Warriors team versus well, this Raptors team. Okay, I want to see. I want to see Kevin Durant come back mid-series because I think that might cause some dysfunction for the Warriors. Re getting him back into the system, oh, or he's yeah, more of the ball dominant player. Things, yeah. Because now they're back to the pace and space Warriors that can annihilate anybody. Because you already have one of the best point guards of all time, the best shooter of all time, one of the most creative players of all time and Steph Curry. Then you have Klay Thompson, one of the best all-time shooters. Then you have Draymond Green, one of the better defensive players in NBA history. You already have that without the best player in the NBA. So it'll be very interesting to see how incorporating Kevin Durant back into the series, if it happens mid-series, changes anything. Because I feel like that's a lot. Yeah, but it it also messes up the Toronto defense. Like right now... I bet you they try to put Kawhi on like Steph. Yeah, because I think I think they will at first, but I or I they think, I think where do they hide Lowry? Right, that's I that's think, that's the biggest factor is Lowry I think has nowhere a to hide. Chance. I think that's the thing. I that's, don't think he'll have to hide a lot. He is playing such great defense right now. It's Kyle? Steph Curry. Steph is still going to Steph, but Kyle is playing. Phenomenal, yeah, but, like first team defense. But, right but going now. from Eric, I don't think they'll have to hide him a whole bunch. Going from Eric that's, Bledsoe Steph to gonna, Steph Steph's Curry. Gonna Steph. Yeah, Steph's gonna Steph. So that's what I'm saying. I wonder. That's like their biggest mismatch. That's gonna be well. That's gonna be an interesting concept that we're gonna see Nick Nurse go through. Do you put Kawhi on Steph and then let Clay essentially get his? Because don't get me wrong, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, he's he's been playing very well defensively, but he's giving up about seven inches of height. That's a basket, you can't contest that. I think you put Kawhi on Steph at first, but I, I think see, I think you put Kyle, Lowry at Steph. I at think first. Kyle, Kyle can annoy Steph. I think he really can. Kyle is he's stronger and he's a lot quicker than people think, so he can he can keep up with Steph running around. And if he gets up in Steph, that'll he might start missing shots, and that'll kind of throw him. Well, off. if and if they if they leave Lowry on Steph, I think they'll they'll just stay like kind of normal matchups. Like Kawhi might guard Draymond. And then, because they have, don't forget, they have Danny Green, who's a great defender himself. He's got to start hitting shots, um, man. So for them to be able to switch uh, Clay and Draymond using Danny Green and Kawhi, that I think that's a fine matchup for them. But I think Kyle Lowry is where they're going to struggle a little bit. If they just let stuff go ISO, it could get ugly real fast. Well, I think I think <laughs> if Kyle Lowry's guarding them, I think they're going to play it as start Kyle Lowry on Steph because he's coming off such a high defensively in the pre- previous series. Let's see how we play Steph in game one. Let's not put all our chips in and have Kawhi guard Steph and show them that's what we want to do. So I think Kyle, a, Kyle's going to surprise Steph and strip him a few times. Yeah. And it'll, yeah, it'll. it'll Kyle surprised me when he stripped uh, Bledsoe a couple times and Giannis a couple times in the previous series. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I followed the NBA very like religiously. And Kyle Lowry, I mean, you look at him, you don't think he's the best defense defensive player in the NBA. That's why he's at this point in his career, he's the type of guy his effort is going above the some the talent he has. He's playing so hard that guys he's going up against fold in later games, like later on in the fourth quarter, because he just has a higher level of intensity than most players. But so, I I think you still have to be concerned of if Kyle Lowry will still fold in the playoffs. Because yeah, he's done it the last so. few years and now he's finally in the finals. 
he somewhat got over the hump last right. series. It's it's hard to say if he'll if he's fully made it over or if he'll go back to that that shell of himself that we've seen in playoffs previously because now this is an even bigger moment. Um I hope not just for the the competitiveness of the series, but that is a a concern for me. So before we get into any of the key matchups, X factors, storylines of the series, I'm just going to give a broad topic here. I just want to get your first initial thoughts when I bring this up to you. I'm going to look Joey straight in the eyes. Do the Raptors have a chance in the series? You know, a couple days ago, or probably before the Raptors went on this run, I would have said no because the Warriors were playing so good going into it. But are you buying into the hype? We haven't seen the Warriors play, and we're not going to see the Warriors play for 15 straight days. Right. Um... I don't. I still don't think they have a chance. I think they can make it very interesting, but I don't think they have a chance. I just think matchup wise, the the good thing about the Raptors, I guess, uh, is that they can actually match up to the small ball that the Warriors have liked to play when they don't have KD. Oh, well, even when they have KD, I guess, uh, which is going to force uh, the Raptors to maybe not play Marcus Gasol as much, and. It'll be interesting, like they can match up that way, but I just I'm not sure how they're gonna figure it out. Because if if Steph keeps playing like he has, I don't know if they can stop him. And Draymond's been back to his triple double numbers lately. And this is the, and we talked about this on the show last week. This is the best we've seen Draymond play right. in his career. And he's been facilitating very well. So I don't I I don't really see it, but the Raptors have played with a lot of like tenacity, so they they'll make it interesting. Malik, unless they have some off the wall defensive strategy that we won't see coming, I like Joey. I honestly don't see it. They they have to play at a, at such an unbelievable level for four games to beat the Warriors. And I, I don't know if they can reach that level, honestly. It took Fred Van Vliet hitting an unbelievable level of hot. It took it, it took a lot for them to beat the Bucks. I don't know if they can go even higher to beat the Warriors. I, I don't think I've seen that from the Raptors, honestly. Danny Green has to be unbelievable in this series for the New England. Everybody, all the role players have to be unbelievable. Take a look at Marcus Gasol. He shot, for his shot chart, he shot 31% of his shots from the three-point line in the regular season. In the playoffs, he's shooting 52% of his attempts come from behind the three-point line. And he's not been shooting the ball effectively either. So you need these role players, the shots that they're shooting, to be effective if you're going to have any chance to exploit this Warrior defense. Marcus Gasol needs to shoot at least 35 to 40% from deep in this series to have Probably closer to forty, to be honest with you, with the way the offenses. Everybody are in series. pretty much needs to shoot near forty or over. They to, really for do. Them to beat the they Warriors. really yeah. do. And don't get me wrong, the Raptors are a very solid defense, and I think they'll give the Warriors a little bit of a struggle, especially because they're coming from the Portland series, which all respect to Portland, they're a good team, but the Warriors played the their hardest team they played in the playoffs was the Rockets in the semis. So it's been a little bit since they've played this top tier level of talent. So I think game one, we'll see a little bit of a closer game. Um, 
but I'm not so sure if the Raptors really do have a chance. The Raptors' uh, confidence could come. Especially when you start the series at home. They they could get it from, they won both regular season matchups. Exactly. They were kind of in the middle of the season. Um, the Raptors won the first matchup, 131 to 128. Kawhi had 37 points. KD had 51 in that game. Weren't Steph and Clay out that game? It was just Steph and Draymond were out oh. that game. Clay had a, this was when Clay was going through a really rough patch for a while and he struggled. Um, the second game, the Raptors won 113 to 93 without Kawhi and their, all their guys stepped up and the Warriors were fully loaded at that time. They had Steph and Clay, Draymond, KD. Steph and Clay were awful in that game. And the war or the Raptors bench players stepped up. Kyle Lowry had a good game. I think Ibaka had a good game. Uh Siakam was going through his little tear. So if anything, the Raptors could take uh some of that inspiration and maybe say, okay, we've beat these guys before. We beat them at full strength. We beat them, you know, when they were down a little bit, but KD had 51 and we beat them. The problem is the Warriors are totally different right now than they were at that point in time in the season. They're playing a lot better. They're playing their best basketball of the season. Yeah. Steph is probably having one of his best playoff performances, coming off of his best playoff performances. And if he keeps playing like that, he'll finally get his finals MVP. It'll be interesting to see that. What are some key matchups in this series? Player matchups. I'm really interested to see what Golden State does. Who do they put on Kawhi first, Draymond or Clay? It's gonna be. Ooh, that's a great. I would. Who do Who do they put on him first? I think Draymond. I, I feel like. It See, might, I was gonna I say like Clay. Gonna go back. And I was forth. gonna say Clay. Or do they start Iguodala and just have Iggy play? True. Because, I think it's more likely that it's Draymond and. Uh, but they have Iguodala. to put Draymond on Pascal. That's what That's what I was thinking. Because they, they can't they, hide Clay. He, on he also needs. Or they to. put Iguodala on Pascal. That's where they're like really. Flexible. Yeah. That's why I said they'll play a smaller lineup almost for sure. Um, and maybe they counter Mark Gasol with Andrew Bogut. They're like the same, similar players, at least defensively. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Like if they don't have KD at least. Um, because they'll have to figure that out because they can't. They don't really have a fifth guy to play that small lineup with if they don't have KD necessarily. And Sean Livingston has. Yeah, he's been, he's been nothing. He's done. I mean, he's even said he's going to retire after this year so. So that'll be that'll be interesting. I think they want to save Clay offensively as much as they can, at least without without KD. He I think probably they need does to. need to be on Danny Green too, because if Danny gets hot, then there's not much they'll be able to do. Right. What's your key matchup, Joe? I think it's Steph and Kyle Lowry. I'm a second because I just if Kyle Lowry can't do anything against Steph, and I know like this this day and age, there's a lot more switching and things, and people will go all over the place. But I think Kyle Lowry needs to be able to stop Steph or Clay. Steph has never been that great of a defender, so I think physically, I think Kyle Lowry, bully is might be too strong of a word, but I think Kyle will be able to get past him, take him down low, get some easy buckets to get going, and then I think he'll be able to hit some threes. I think Kyle Lowry will have a good series, better than most people expect. Yeah, because most people expect him to have a terrible series. <laughs> I mean, yeah, better than you expect, better than averaging probably like 10 points a game. But, um... I was going to say the Steph Kyle Lowry, depending on when Kevin Durant gets back from his injury. When Durant's back, if he's back, let's say game two, 
it's Durant, Kawhi for me. It's just those are the two heads of the snake. Those are the two best players in the NBA. Two of the best defenders in the NBA, also best players at their position. It's just we haven't seen. I mean, actually, we did. We saw LeBron and Kevin Durant last year, the two best players at their position. Um, but Kawhi is a different type of player than LeBron. Kawhi is a better defender. I know I've defended LeBron when it comes to his defense, but Kawhi is on another level. So if Kevin Durant's healthy, I'll say that's the key matchup in this series. If he's not, I go to the Steph, uh, Kyle Lowry matchup. X factors in the series. Joe, who, what, what aspect, what player, a fan base is the X factor in this series? Pascal Siakam. Because I, I don't think he's played as good as he did towards uh, the end of the regular season as he has. He hasn't played as well this playoffs. Um, I think he's one that needs to really step up for this team. Uh, obviously, outside of you know their bench guys that are kind of gritty. Like I said, Van Vliet and those guys. But I think Siakam needs to be causing problems for Draymond or Iguodala. Because if he's not, then they can just go guard Kawhi and not have to worry as much. But if Siakam's on and he's hitting threes, that's a really big stretch that it just stretches the Warriors' defense and it makes it a lot harder on them. Malik? I'm going to go with Draymond. I, I feel like if he if he is essentially playing point guard like he was last in that Portland series. The Raptors are, I don't know how they figure it out. If Draymond is running the fast break and running plays effectively on offense like he does, they've, they've got to figure out a way defensively to neutralize him. And it may not be that hard because, well, it, it could be that hard because he figured it out last series. But they, they've got to figure out a way to neutralize him on offense because when he's – when he's making the plays that he makes, there's no way you can stop them. My X factor for this series is not one particular player. It's the Raptors' second unit. Because the Warriors are going to beat you with their first unit. That's just what's going to happen. If the Raptors can beat the Warriors enough with their second unit, if Fred Van Vliet stays hot, if all those guys on the bench can continue to contribute, this can be a be- a closer series than people expect. I don't know anybody that's really picking the Raptors to win this one. I've like started seeing a lot of people start swaying to the Raptors. Like actually. winning the actual series yeah, recently. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's it's still Warriors favored, but I've, I'm starting to see people sway to the Raptors. Well, what I mean, all three of us consensus Warriors are the favorite. What has to go right for Toronto? Not even. We think, I think we all think we'll, they'll win a game, but what has to go right for them to win this series? I feel like there has to be so many things that have to line up perfectly for the Toronto Raptors to become NBA champions. Clay has to go back to being. Clay has to be cold. Yeah. Steph's got to start to struggle exactly. a little bit. Kevin yeah. Durant's got to maybe not come back from injury so soon. But yeah, that to maybe me, Boogie comes back from that, injury. That might be that might be the thing that gives the Raptors a chance if KD comes back and Boogie tries to force himself back into the lineup. These Warriors, you you almost have to be perfect to beat them. You almost have to be perfect. Oh, yeah. And Steve Kerr's already said that uh, DeMarcus Cousins is questionable, I believe, for the first game. And he said he's not going to try to rush him back in because he knows that that could change the whole chemistry because you can't just throw him back into the starting lineup. Like You have to give him some minutes. He's been playing, but big guys take a little bit longer to recover. Uh, so he's playing... Uh, 
DeMarcus really carefully. So if he plays in game one, I think it'll be very sparingly just to see what he can do. If he can if he can get back on the floor and he looks good doing it, that adds another element to the Warriors that makes it really hard for the Raptors, even if KD doesn't get to play in this series. I think that's the biggest one of the bigger factors is if KD doesn't play at all, then I think that would give the Raptors some good luck. But the problem is the Raptors have to win one of these first two games because they know KD is not playing in most likely both of these games. I honestly think is it possible the Warriors they, they clean need sweep they, them? they might need to win these first two games to win the series. Yeah, the Raptors might have like to. have to have to have if to, if yeah. the if the Warriors win these first two games in it's Toronto, over. It's, over. it's over. It yeah. might, it's it might be a sweep. And I know we said that about the Bucks series, but it's this is different. Ten times against the Warriors. Yeah, if the Warriors, yeah, if the Warriors win 2-0 or go up 2-0, that series is done. What's some other storylines in the series that we're missing? The coaching matchup will be really interesting. See, to me, it's not that interesting. Why? Because we we've seen Steve Kerr for five straight years. <laughs> I mean, it'll be interesting to see how Nick Nurse adapts to the finals atmosphere, but we know what we're going to see from Steve Kerr. You know? I think an interesting thing is the the Warriors bench. Because in the past, the Warriors could pick up almost anybody and, and like, their bench would produce. They've had Sean Livingston has gone crazy in the finals before. Um they've had just random Iguodala. guys. Iguodala usually plays pretty well. This year they don't they don't have that as much. We've seen signs from Quinn Cook that he can go off, but he hasn't done a whole lot in this playoffs. Um they have McKinney this year, he's had a couple okay games. Sean Livingston is nowhere to be seen. Kevon Looney, you know, he does his thing, but he's not going to take over a game or anything. So I don't know where they're going to get production off of their bench necessarily. I have a storyline. I think if, I think this will happen. Drake versus Draymond Green. These first two okay, games okay, in Toronto. Okay, does Drake, yeah, who does Drake get into it the most with? It has to be Draymond. Draymond. Yeah. He, or is it Kevin Durant on the bench? Drake knows Draymond is going to come up to him and talk to him. If Drake is going to yell and scream, and if Draymond starts missing shots and has a bad start, Drake is going to mentally pick at Draymond. And Draymond doesn't ignore – you know, he doesn't ignore people talking to him. He doesn't ignore controversy. I think that's going to happen. And people and people are gonna blow it up to more than what it is, like stuff like that always happens. But I think that's gonna happen. I mean, what is it? What's a celebrity matchup in this one? It's Drake versus Guy Fieri and E Forty. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was thinking E Forty. I was thinking E Forty, yeah. but Guy Fieri is also a big fan too. But he's a super fan. E Forty isn't the. I forgot the title Drake has for the Raptors. The uh, ambassador, amb- yeah. basketball ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not the ambassador, but. Um, it, I will say that is an interesting storyline because I do want to see Drake on the sidelines as much of a, it's kind of a clown show just to see like fans on the sidelines and celebrities getting so, so much into it and so much attention, but it's just another added aspect. Like, Oh, what's, what's Kawhi just dunked on Kevin Durant. Exactly. How's Drake reacting? Drake versus the Bucks owner's daughter was very interesting. <laughs> hey, when she pulled up in the push with the push a t-shirt and, that then, was... and then he made his Instagram picture her. Not that, lie, that was funny. The, the push the team move was that was pretty big. I like that. Um, what's the atmosphere going to be like in Toronto 
for this oh, first it's, it's, opening it's weekend. It's gonna be nuts. Be like when when they go to that outside view to everybody outside watching. Do you think first, they'll have? They have to. Listen, I feel like they're gonna have to expand Jurassic Park. They they might have to. Like this this Jurassic Park might be much different than anything we've seen. It's gonna be nuts. And I, from the other side of things, Warriors. It's like another regular season game. I feel like they've been in the finals five straight years. These fans are so accustomed to it. And you're not facing LeBron, the one player that took a championship away from you. If I'm a Warriors fan, I'm like, ah, we got this. Business as usual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. That's probably the most the thing I'm most interested in seeing heading into game one. The fans in Toronto, how crazy the atmosphere is going to be. Um, and Drake. I really, I'm interested to see Drake. How he, how he the, reacts uh, there. The first quarter will be super interesting because Toronto is going to be buzzing. Yes. <laughs> and if Stay or Steph or Clay come out and they do what they've done sometimes in the past where they just shut a crowd out, whew, that'll be interesting. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Preview of the finals? Anything? Nope. Thursday night. Thursday night, I'm 9 excited. p.m. in Toronto, not Golden State. So if you were buying tickets thinking it's in the, <laughs> it's in the bay, <laughs> you're getting read. First of all, you can't read. <laughs> Get your money back. Yeah, Toronto, you're, you're on the what? wrong. You're on the wrong site. <laughs> you're on the wrong. Someone's someone's trying to cheap you out. Um, the Detroit Tigers made some news yesterday. Do you know who they signed, Malik? The forty. They signed a legend. That's who they signed. They signed a legend. Forty-six <laughs> year old Bartolo Colon. What Joe? What are what are your Tigers doing? If they if they are this bad, why not just bring an attraction for fans to cheer for? Why not? Bartolo Colon is not a bad pitcher. You know, he's, but he, does, guess, he's he definitely doesn't look like an athlete, that's for sure. But he's been a solid pitcher for his entire career. If he hits a home run, imagine how crazy that stadium is going to go. Well, that probably won't happen too often because... It, it doesn't. I think he's only hit like two in his career. They'll have to play against an NL team, and he'll have to be pitching that day. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that happening. It's a minor um, league deal. Oh, so it's closing even, in on a minor, minor league deal. Okay. So I think they're just using it as backup if somebody gets hurt or something or somebody just does all. They, their should, pitching is not And we great. should say it's not confirmed yet. It's just sources. It doesn't matter. Talking. They're 19 and 36. They keep losing. They just lost the series to the Mets, which was kind of their chance. They won one game. The, the series was slightly competitive, but, you know, they're, they're falling off. That's they they were hanging in there for a little bit and you got no more faith in the tigers? No, I mean I didn't have faith in them in the beginning. Do you have faith in any Detroit franchise? He has yeah, faith the in the Pistons. Pistons for some reason. We've gone over Okay, this. what's next? <laughs> We've gone over this. Uh next on the docket, Dan Gilbert was in the news this weekend. Mm-hmm. He uh suffered a minor stroke. He was taken to a Detroit area hospital. He's awa- uh, awake and well now, but for someone that has such a th- significant impact not only in Detroit and the surrounding areas in Detroit, but in Cleveland. That's a scary thing. So all of our wishes, uh, well wishes off to Dan Gilbert. Hopefully he's doing well. Um, and what he's, for all his basketball moves aside, he's done great things for the state of Michigan. So There's something that happened as soon as we finished our show last week. I'm about to get to it right and, uh... now. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. Yeah, we we talked about it. It's kind of big news. Well, it's somewhat big news. Juwan Howard has become the Michigan basketball, men's basketball head coach. Signed a five-year deal, 
Haven't found the details of the actual dollar amount, but he signed the five-year deal. Malik, I got to go to you first, and then I'll hit Joey with this. Is he the right man for the job? Be honest. Well, that's, that's, be honest. That's be really. Honest. That's really a. That's a. TBD. In your opinion, that's a. P, that's a TBD. That's to be determined. Okay, right now, time. I'm. I'm in right now. In your opinion, with all the knowledge that you have at this point, is he the right man for the job? I'll go. Honestly, no. Thank you. <laughs> no. Why? I. I don't. I don't know. I all right. Don't know. Wait, wait, it, I'll I, let you ponder it a little bit I, and let Joey have the can, floor. Can I, can I say something? Let's hear I, it. No matter what coach we hired. I would I would not know how to feel to be a hundred percent because I've John Beeline, as long as I've been a fan of Michigan basketball, my first memories are in the early two thousands when Tommy Amaker was head coach, and I only watched them every now and then. I've been a diehard fan of Michigan basketball with John Beeline. That's that's been it for pretty much my entire life. So with him leaving and with a new coach out of nowhere. No matter who the coach was, at first I, I'm, I'm not going to know how to feel, because it's it's beeline, man. Yeah, well, there's I a lot no of un- there, there's a lot of uncertainty. That's for sure, and I, I agree with, with you. Anybody who came in, I'd be like, okay, we'll see how it goes. Right, we won't know until they actually play basketball. Exactly. But initial thoughts, it looks like another Jim Harbaugh move. They're getting a Michigan guy, but Jawan Howard. To me, this is different. But, it, okay. It's a little why? different. Why? 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 Because. The classic move of getting a Michigan guy is getting someone that embraces the old school culture, the old winning traditions. No, it's it's time to dead dead all of that, end all of that. You don't want winning old, traditions? Old school stuff is it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> old school Michigan is dead. It doesn't work. Jim Harbaugh is trying. That's he just brought in Josh Gaddis as a new offensive coordinator to completely switch things around because the old school format does not work anymore. Jawan Howard is a part of a blip in Michigan history of pretty much a culture outside of Michigan. The Fab Five is something you'd usually see somewhere else, but it just happened to form at Michigan. That is a different type of culture. It embraces more of today's basketball, more of today's type of basketball players. So it's a Michigan guy, but it's it's nothing with the old school tradition and stuff. It's a new type of Michigan guy. Yeah, but it, it, it's still like going back to like, and a, a historic moment in Michigan uh, basketball is trying to get this guy that played for the Fab Five, like the most notable Michigan team that's ever played, and he doesn't have any experience. That's the biggest concern. He doesn't have had head coaching experience. Right, he but, has coaching but experience. But that's a big but difference. Coaching. But that is, is a big difference. It is. And I'm not saying that he's not going to do a good job. Like I said, we can't tell exactly. until we'll he's out on the floor coaching. Happens. But initial thoughts I don't know how they couldn't have gotten somebody else with more experience. Pulled it from somebody from another school. Like, this this job is easily, I would almost say, a top 10 job in college basketball is the Michigan. It's even a great, with, it's a great wait, job. Wait, wait, easily great job. easily with, top 20, 15. Even with the lost recruit and the tons of talent that left the school when Beeline left, is it it's still a top 10 job opening? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's at least top 20, top 15, easily, just because of the culture that's been I'll built. I'll say, yeah, because of the culture that's been built. Well, doesn't the culture go out the 10. door with, with Beeline? Because the new coach is going to establish a culture, his culture. Right, but you still have, a, a, like, a winning program that you can take over. And you, you have, like, the foundation. Um, I just can't 
imagine that there weren't any other coaches that like wanted this job to try to really test their skills, you know, at a smaller school that's had a lot of experience that's been winning similar how to how Chris Beard moved on. And now he's one of the highest paid coaches in college basketball, something like that to want to come to Michigan and keep this winning atmosphere going. I also th- thought about that, but then you realize the top coaches in college basketball right now are basically, and you're not taking Tony Bennett from Virginia. You're not taking Jay Wright from Villanova. Chris Beard is Texas Tech now. These coaches in these schools are perfect fits for each other. All the top guy, all the top up and coming guys, are perfect fits for the schools they're at. Right, so but that's ripping them from those schools, especially at this moment in time. But that's what I'm would saying. Would have been extremely difficult. You, t- you take the next tier of guys that are up and comers. You find that next Chris Beard because he just did that, and now he is. That Texas, would be even more. Difficult. Now he's the Texas Tech coach. But that's Whereas what they get now, paid to do. And and you get somebody that has been winning at maybe a slightly lower level at some slightly lower conference, and they, you bring they him tried in. to go for Porter Moser from Loyola. They tried that. Yeah, I, he wanted to stay. At Whereas Loyola. as now you go for Juwan Howard. Who's Shout out Loyola. Completely, completely fresh face. Which I get it. I understand it. I'm just saying it's it's a little odd and it's a little concerning with it that it, it looks more of getting a familiar face then that's where coach. i was gonna go with my next question and i'm not making any accusations here i'm just gonna put it out there as a question because i think it deserves to be answered is this hiring more for publicity opposed to the talent of the coach yeah mm-hmm because they're. I, I, be. I don't know how you would just hire a coach off of publicity. No, no, no. I'm not Com- saying coming that. coming off of the. I'm not saying that's the sole okay. reason, but that played a major factor in this because you can't tell me Juwan Howard was the best coach on the market. You can't tell me that. We, we also we don't know what coaches were on the list besides Juwan. There's always who okay. Would, yeah, we apparently don't. You're right. We what, don't. We don't. Apparently, but I there can tell you right now, Juwan Howard wasn't the best. We also we also don't know how many coaches how many coaches were truly interested, enthusiastic, if jumping by, to jumping by to the Joey's bit account, for this mission. By this Joey's job. account, it's a top fifteen job opportunity. I also think it's, it's a great job opportunity. Okay, but by, I, but I yes, think, I, think have... most, I think most really good up and up and coming coaches are so comfortable in their spots that they probably just wouldn't want to take the chance. You're going to tell me Michigan can offer one of those up and coming coaches a they significant offered, check? They offer some of them. A significant number to get them to leave. There's always a number. They offered. They offered stuff. They didn't offer the right stuff because they didn't get them. It's just confusing. I'm just. Malik, was he your number one option? My number one option was Billy Donovan, and I knew that probably wasn't happening. Okay, outside of Billy Donovan, take because that was not happening. Besides Billy Donovan, I honestly I wasn't. I didn't have a long list of guys, to to be a hundred percent honest. I'm I'm being truthful. After Billy Donovan, I was like, I I don't know. What, okay, I don't what, know. What's your obsession with Billy Donovan for Michigan though? Because that's I've never heard I haven't heard anybody else say anything like you're just a big Billy Donovan fan. You think his system? All Michigan work? fans were jumping on Billy yeah. Donovan. Really? Uh, it, uh, yes, that yeah. became a big thing. I, I think because uh, a lot of people think that Billy Donovan is like a perfect college coach. He needs to be back in college, and that he should. And a lot of people were thinking that he would leave the NBA. Last year, I was when there was uh, rumblings of Calipari leaving Kentucky. 
to go to UCLA. I was saying Billy Donovan should go to Kentucky <laughs> or UCLA. Like I just I think he yeah. should be in college at a big program because I mean he's yeah. kind of he's like a Fred Hoiberg to a lesser degree. He's he's a college coach. He doesn't fit well in the NBA. Um, do yeah. you guys think Michigan falls off dramatically this next season? I think so. I think this next season they're going to be in the bottomish of the Big Ten standings. I really don't. I don't have much confidence in this. The team. bottomish of the Big Ten standings is like twelve to like sixteen wins. Yeah, I'll say about sixteen. It's definitely going to be tough, Malik. You have to keep this. See, I can say it more. So I'm not as a Pistons diehard. If you guys told me that the Pistons, the ceiling was 40 wins on that team, I would say you're crazy. I think the ceiling's like 45, 46. They, but they, they lost Brezdakis. Well, they lost Jordan Poole. Yes. They lost one of their commits. They almost lost another one, but he recommitted. Charles Matthews is gone. Charles Matthews is gone. That's have, a lot. I have no idea. I this That's first a year. Lot, this Malik. first year could be rough. Yes. That's what I'm saying. This first year could be rough. I think it's at least going to be two years before Michigan bounces back to making any noise in the possible. tournament. I, I don't have any prediction. I have no idea. I, I don't know at all. I have no idea. Especially when Michigan State's going to be looking really good next year. So you think Michigan's going to take a drop off, though, right, Joe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, I agree. There wasn't, there's no way they're going to come back as a better team or of, like, really good team. I knew that there's no way that's going to happen. I think I think they're going to be – average for most of the season. I think they'll be average. I don't think they'll be horrible because they they still have talent. I, I think they'll be average. I think you're just being optimistic. The one bright side about you this... You want me to just say Michigan is going to be horrible. I just want to... I want you to You want me to feed into my depression, huh? Yeah. Is that what you want me to do? Join the dark side, Malik. Hey, <laughs> Malik, it'll just be right. The Pistons are trash. <laughs> Michigan can be trash. The Lions are trash. We'll, we'll have the trifecta. <laughs> we'll get through this together. The one bright side about this, we didn't hire Rick Pitino. Listen, at least... That would have been funny, though. You are you know. are acting like I'm saying it's going to be business as usual. I said they're going to be average. That's a drop-off from what this program has been and for you're the past saying, years. And you're saying I That's think they're going to win zero off. to five games. I'm saying bottom-ish. <laughs> I said bottom of the Big Ten is just really, I really bad. I think 12 bad. to 16 is their range. That's... Uh, that's I awful think Malik, team. I know. I think that's their range. Jawan, oh, okay. Jawan has never even been a head coach before. He He's an assistant coach in the NBA, which I think, is also a different I think, league. I think if he keeps these assistant coaches, I think they can. I don't think they'll be a bad team. There's no way they'd be a bad team if they keep these assistants because these assistants are just Malik, as much a part of this. Malik, as your much optimism as is showing. How? No, no, don't you move on. <laughs> don't you just say that my optimism is showing when I bring up a dec- a solid point. There's a reason why the they need to keep the people. Michigan fans want them to keep these assistants because they are a huge part of what because they this know Jawan Howard is. is Luke Yaklich built that defense. Saudi is a huge recruiter. He got he got John Sanderson to stay the strength and conditioning guy, which was huge. If he keeps them, and they get him into the flow of things. It may not be a huge drop off. May not be. So that's all to be determined in the fall. A uh, couple, couple quick hitters to round out the show. RJ Hampton, one of the uh, top recruits in the nation. He's going to play overseas instead of college basketball. 
quick thoughts on that, either of you? It's it's just it's gonna things like this are gonna keep happening until they change the high school rule back to what it Which was they, in a few years. Yeah, they're changing the it back. And he's he's like the first one to completely forego college to play overseas too. I think Terrence they, Ferguson did it. Yeah, but they were saying all of those like Brandon Jennings, Terrence Ferguson, and yeah, one other person. Moutier. That was more yeah, Moutier. Those those were all because of concerns about their academics in college that they mm-hmm. that's why they went there. Uh, whereas R.J. Hampton just says. He knows he's wanted to be a pro since he was little, and he feels like the best opportunity for him to make the NBA is to just keep playing at a higher and higher level. And then uh, John Morant, future Memphis Grizzly, signed with Nike. Um, the next player to drop probably in this draft, Zion Williamson. Where does he sign? We think it's all Nike, right? They'll probably offer the biggest check, so... What if he surprised everybody and became the next Puma, Puma athlete? That would be fantastic. <laughs> I would love it. Well, that's our show for this week. Views from the sideline, May 28, 2019. We will be back next week dissecting the NBA Finals, getting ready for the NBA Draft. A lot of stuff happening. We will see you guys next time. We'll know if the series is over or not by the next episode. Chris, I'm trying to have hope in my team. I try to have hope. I already don't believe in my team for the most part. Malik, but you keep trashing your my, optimism you is keep showing. Trash man. <laughs>